Bammers is sponsored by Dead Soxy. Best damn socks in the world. Period. We travel down a few Alabama football paths today. That pride in where I am from really has made me who I am and the joy that I have about the people that I'm around and my southern roots. We hear from the Bama bachelorette herself, Miss Hannah Brown. It's a big part of who I am and I'm really, really thankful for that. And the man who played Bear Bryant in Forrest Gump. You know, that was a fluke. When I say fluke, I, I guess God wanted me to do it because uh, he had a hand in it, I'm sure. And have you ever heard the phrase, "obs eat bugs? More on that later. I'm Ben Flanagan. Welcome to Bammers. Hannah, gentlemen, this is the final rose tonight. When you're ready. Now, I know a lot of you watch The Bachelorette. Come on, admit it. You watch. Luke P. Luke, we accept this verse. Absolutely. I don't have to admit it. I've long been on the record as a fan of the whole Bachelor, Bachelorette universe. Gentlemen, I'm sorry. If you did not receive a rose, take a moment. Say your goodbyes. Okay, if you don't watch it, you at least know by now who Hannah Brown is. I feel like you owe me at least. I don't owe you anything. A minute to share. Yeah, I don't owe you my anything. Heart. I have given you so many, so many. Oh my God, I cannot believe you just said that. I'm so mad. The Tuscaloosa native was a contestant on Colton Underwood's season as The Bachelor. And she has since delivered some of the Bachelor world's most memorable moments after ABC named her the next Bachelorette. Well, right now, it is full. You're full? I'm full. And the beast is about to come out. Is it? If you ever watched the show, you know Hannah has a lot of Bama pride, saying Roll Tide whenever she got the chance. Cheers to this beautiful day together, new experiences, And continuing to be honest, real, every moment we have together. And roll tide. (laughs) She's competing for the Mirror Ball on Dancing with the Stars right now. And we caught up with her on the phone ahead of that show's premiere to talk about her love of Alabama football. Well, I'm from Tuscaloosa, and I just grew up with Alabama football just being a part of my everyday life. I drove by campus every other day as a child, and Roll Tide was an everyday thing to say. Um, It was really fun going to the game with Demi. Like, I'm pretty sure she said Roll Tide more than I did. She was so excited to be able to come to the game and I think it makes me realize how fortunate I was to grow up in Alabama in Tuscaloosa and to have the experiences I did to like even just an Alabama going to an Alabama game growing up 
in Tuscaloosa going to the University of Alabama, like what type of experience that really is, she was like, this is incredible. Like this is, this, this experience is like nothing I've ever been a part of. And that was something that I just grew up being around, going to tailgates and going to games. And so um, I think that celebration, that team spirit, that pride in where I am from really has made me who I am and the joy that I have about the people that I'm around and, and my southern roots. It's a big part of who I am, and I'm really, really thankful for that. And it is something that I never want to take for granted and never want to, to lose. Hannah also graduated from the University of Alabama, so we had to know what her game day routine was as a student just a few years ago, and her answer might surprise you. My game day routine in college was probably a little different than some might expect. Uh, I lived on 13th Street right behind Tutwiler, so very close to the stadium about a block away. And I had to pay for my bills by myself, so I had to figure out a way to pay for that. So game days, parking is, is pretty difficult. And so I decided that I was going to make the most, or my leverage where I lived. And so I would make all my roommates that either that morning, if it was a night game, we would take our cars to my parents' house, which was in North Fort, and then we would have somebody drive us back. We would clear out everything. We had a, a nice backyard and a front yard, and I would wake up that morning. We would make signs, and depending on the name, I mean, we would charge like $60 per parking spot. We would get these cars in tight, like 20-plus parking spots, and we would make bank. I would be the girl in the corner selling my parking spots, and so before the game, I would I would load up my front yard and my backyard with Alabama fans and they'd pop up in some beers, hang out, and then we would get ready for the game. Depending how how long it took us to get the the parking spots taken up and then we'd go out and hopefully be able to go to the Alpha Chi house. I was Alpha Chi in college and say hey to people or go to my parents or friends um, tailgate. We would go say hi to everybody and then head on to the student section and go to the game and then come back and hang out at home and probably <laughs> go sleep pretty early because we were up early uh, parking uh, cars. But yeah, most of my day revolved around parking the cars before the game um, on Alabama Saturdays because I needed to make the money to pay for my bills. But yeah, it was really fun. It was actually really fun because it would just be lines of, of people coming into the game and I would get to just yell roll tide and people would just haunt their horns and we would just all get to like hang out while I was trying to take everybody's money to come park in my parking spot because $60 per parking spot was pretty ridiculous, but people would pay it. So it was fun. Stick around for more Bammers. Step into fall in style. You really need to experience the difference a quality sock makes. This is the first step in dressing for the job you want, not the job you have. From no-shows to the boardroom, or you just want to showcase your own style, Dead Soxy has your feet covered. 
Go to DeadSoxy.com and enter the code BAMMERS at checkout to receive 25% off all orders. I don't think it's anything to laugh about. What's that red stuff on the side of your face? I must have cut myself shaving, Sheriff. Oh, you're shaving with lipstick now? Oh, uh, Daisy kissed me on the cheek as I was leaving, Sheriff. You always do. <laughs> Daisy Duke? Yes, sir. You know where Daisy Duke is? Uh, yes, sir. Yes. Enos Strait, you tell me where she yes. is. Yes, sir. She's staying at my Most house, folks sir. from Alabama know the name Enos Strait. But who remembers when he switched the deputy's hat for Houndstooth? The bumbling but lovable deputy on the Dukes of Hazard earned a cult following during that show's run on CBS and even scored a spinoff series called Enos for the Network in 1980, all of which would lead up to his small but essential role in Forrest Gump, which turned 25 in 2019. You know, that was a fluke. When I say fluke, I guess God wanted me to do it because uh, he had a hand in I'm sure. Already a seasoned actor before getting deputized in Hazard County, Sonny Schroyer cut his teeth on screen alongside the late, great Burt Reynolds, first in 1973's The Longest Yard. The Valdosta, Georgia native fit right in on the football field, having won a couple of state championships in high school and walking on to play for Tom Nugent at Florida State. I'd like to play some football. Football. Yeah, would you like that? Billy can hit the guards. But you'd like that, wouldn't you, Sonny? Report to the practice field tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. Hey! 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 Loading hay. I overacted something terrible in that first scene. Sonny played Tannen, the first inmate that Reynolds recruits to play with the promise that he'll get to hit the guards. A few cracked ribs and some nights spent in the Georgia State Prison Infirmary, Sonny finished the first of his three movies with Reynolds, followed by Gator and Smokey and the Bandit. After spending nearly a decade chasing the Duke Boys with Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane, Sonny moved to Atlanta for about 20 years and toiled away on shows like In the Heat of the Night and Love Crimes. When his father passed away, he went back home to Valdosta before bumping into an old friend and agent at a party. She wanted him to read for a part, sending him 250 miles away from home to audition for the doctor who diagnoses young Forrest Gump with a spinal condition requiring magic shoes. His legs are strong, Miss Gump, as strong as I've ever seen. But his back's as crooked as a politician. But we're going to straighten him right up now, aren't we, Forrest? Forrest! He didn't get that part, but he wasn't done yet. I must have really impressed him, because uh, they said, we're going to let you read for the coach now. <laughs> no, I didn't impress him with a bit on the, on the doctor, but I, I read for the coach, and I didn't, I didn't understand exactly what, what that meant. Sure enough, a few days after making a 500-mile round trip, the agent invited him back, this time with an important piece of information about the part before he left town again. He would play the most famous football coach of all time, Paul Bear Bryant. So he did a little research. I wasn't really a, a, a real big fan of Bear Bryant, so I just, just looked up uh, Bear Bryant and I noticed that uh, he, was, he had the hat, you know, the hat on. And a friend of mine gave me a, a kind of a checkered hat. So I took that with me just in case, you know. 
and I read for a part again, and uh, they said, well, that was great. We enjoyed that. You know. So she called me, the, my agent, my, uh, my friend called me and said that, uh, that I had the part. And uh, I said, wow, okay, that's great. Sonny flew to Beaufort, South Carolina, for the first of his three scenes in Forrest Gump, a humble production from Paramount Pictures that ended up with $700 million worldwide and six Oscars, including Best Picture. You might recall Sonny's first scene pretty clearly. When bullies chase Forrest down a dirt road, he sprints onto the Greenbow High School football field, interrupting practice, but catching the attention of Paul Bear Bryant on a recruiting visit. Who in the hell is that? That there is Forrest Gump. Sonny said that Tom Hanks wasn't on the set those three days of shooting. Instead, a stunt double and Marine filled in for the star. The guy that was running across the football field, he was a Marine. And that was Buford, South Carolina. It's where the Marines train, uh, get their training from. And they had a guy that I just wanted he could be, he could be Tom Hanks' brother. Twin brother, you know, he had uh, he he was doing the running uh, across the football field, and he just he looked just like Tom Hanks, and it was amazing. A few days later, they flew Sonny out to shoot at Weingart Stadium of East Los Angeles College, which doubled for Bryant Denny Stadium during Forrest's first game day sequence. It looked just like a, a stadium in uh, Alabama or somewhere, you know, in the South. They had fifteen hundred extras. They lined them up, uh, Robert Zemeckis, the director, lined them up on the, uh, the first five rows of the, uh, where the camera was looking at uh, Tom Hanks when he called the, the football in his football uniform. Now dressed in a crimson blazer and the same houndstooth hat, Sonny spent several takes screaming at Gump as he returned to kickoff for a touchdown in chaotic fashion. Without a full comprehension of the game, Forrest just needed some plain direction from his teammates and the head coach. We did that about, I guess, about five times, and uh, where he catches the ball and runs, and where I'm running on the sidelines and yelling and screaming, and he told me to, uh, his told me to call him all kind of remarks and everything. Uh, my mama, I took her to see that movie and when she was 90 years old. She said, boy, you're not supposed to talk like that. I said, I, I know, mom, I'm sorry. In between takes, the Oscar-winning actor dressed in a crimson and white uniform approached Sonny on the sideline. Tom Hanks came across the football field in his football uniform right before the scene, and he said, Sonny Schroyer, Enos of the Dukes of Hazzard. I said, hey, Tommy, I said, I met you about 14 years ago when you were doing Blues and Buddies over in uh, at Indianapolis 500 in Indianapolis, Indiana. He said, no, that was, a, that was a soapbox derby in Akron, Ohio that I met you. And I said, you're right, boy, you've got a good memory. <laughs> and we laughed and shook hands and uh, we, uh, we took some pictures and everything right, right then. And I never did see any pictures of Tom Hanks, but, uh, but I love you, Tom. You're, you're a great actor, boy. 
Then came perhaps Sonny's most memorable line of the film, after Gump scores the touchdown and runs right through the marching band. He remembered dialect coach Jessica Drake approaching him with a note after a few takes. The, the line that I gave at the end is uh, he, he's he must be the stupidest SOB alive, but he sure is fast. And uh, when I when I did the line after after it was finished filming, the accent coach says, "You didn't say show." And I didn't know what she meant exactly by, by that, you know. And I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> she, I'm, I, you know, I'm born and raised in the South, and I I didn't know that uh, everybody, and especially Coach Bryant, said he must be the stupidest SOB in the, in, in the world, but his show is fast. I didn't know he's, I was supposed to say show Instead of sure, <laughs> she she uh, she just corrected me, you know, and we'd already shot the part. But I guess the Vikings didn't want didn't want to push it. Uh, <laughs> I want to ask somebody uh, sometime if if everybody says show instead of sure in Alabama. <laughs> it's a good movie, regardless of how pronounced show or sure. You know, I just. Uh, I told her I'm sorry, you know, but she was, I think she was a little upset because I didn't, I didn't pronounce that sure as show, you know. <laughs> but that's well, where it goes sometimes. You miss a word or two sometimes. Sonny likes to picture people walking into Bubba Gump Shrimp Company restaurants across the country and seeing his photo as Bear Bryant on the walls. It's kind of a remarkable thing. They, they, they can't hardly picture me as a, a real serious coach when I... Played the oldest version of Hazard County as Enos, you know. That, that's amazing, amazing grace. It just uh, put me in that part, I guess, because I, uh, I didn't have a whole lot to do with that. But it worked out, worked out, you know. <laughs> I wish I could find my, my agent. I, that's the only job I ever did for her. And must have did something right, because I must have done something right, because I got the part anyway. <laughs> While he didn't know a lot about Bear Bryant, playing him in a movie wasn't his first encounter with the legendary Crimson Tide coach. He remembered nearly meeting him at a golf tournament in Alabama hosted by sitcom pal George Lindsay. During a rainy stretch that packed everybody indoors, Sonny sat just a row behind him. I could reach my hand out and said, Coach Bryant, just wanted to say hello to you. God bless you. But I didn't do it. I was, I was intimidated. <laughs> I guess, and uh, and that's the only time I ever had to uh, real close to Coach Bryant. And uh, I apologize to his family because my my voice isn't near as as good as his voice. He had a uh, kind of a rich, deep voice, and uh, was a wonderful man too. And uh, I wish I could have uh, and should have met him, but I didn't. And, uh, I always regret that and think about it a lot of times. 
Sonny actually had one more scene in the film when he and other coaches spot Gump on television handing Vivian Malone the notebook she dropped during the infamous stand in the schoolhouse door with Governor George Wallace. Ma'am, you dropped your book. Ma'am. Governor Wallace did what he promised to do by being on the Tuscaloosa campus to kept the mob from gathering and preventing... Hey, wasn't that Gump? Nah, that couldn't be. Sure as hell was. And despite the fact that Sonny very clearly plays Paul Bear Bryant in the film, down to the timeline and the houndstooth hat, he's officially billed in the end credits as college football coach. Sonny did express another regret about the language that Bryant uses in the film, especially the kind he directs at Gump during the game sequence. But he had to stick to the script. When you don't get a part all the time like Hank, Tom Hanks does, you have to do the best you can. 25 years later, Sonny has fond memories of his small but meaningful role in what would become a pop culture phenomenon. He remains just one of five men to have played Bryant in film and television, along with Gary Busey in The Bear, Tom Berenger in The Junction Boys, John Voight in Woodlawn, and Noble Willingham in the 1989 TV movie Unconquered. It was a great shoot. I enjoyed that very much. Robert Zemeckis was a great director and still is a great director. It's uh, one of the great movies of all time, I think. I've seen it about five or six times, and I ain't gonna watch this again. I've already seen it several times. But you get watching that feather floating in the air, and it'll grab you, boy, and it won't let you go until you've seen the, seen the end of it, you know. The Iron Bowl rivalry remains as heated as ever, which means a lot of the language used between fans is pretty colorful. That involves a lot of name-calling year-round. And we don't condone name-calling of any kind, but most of the nicknames around here, that make sense. Bammer is pretty obvious. A quick and easy one short for Alabama. Barner is for Auburn in their history as an agricultural school. Gump, because of Alabama's fictional ties to the movie character Forrest Gump. But there's one that fans made up for Auburn that I haven't quite figured out. Booger eaters. Or you might hear it a different way. Bugs. Or just the phrase, obs eat boogers. Outside of the obvious childish meaning, we wanted to get down to the bottom of this nickname that you may or may not hear on Iron Bowl weekend. Few know where it really came from, but we went to the bar on the strip where some say it actually originated. Egan's. This is former Egan's owner Bob Weatherly. In the 70s, there was a picture of Suge Jordan, either in the crimson white or the alternative paper at the time. It was called The Current, I believe. And he was picking his nose. You know, his thumb was in his nose. And uh, the caption read, Suge picks a winner or something like that. And so we thought that was pretty funny, but it didn't happen until about in the 90s that we started making those buttons. And... Uh, We've sold a whole lot of them, I can tell you that. And uh, it's mainly been a good fun. Uh, now, somebody will say that's not where it happened, but that's, that's my take on it. It makes some people mad and some people, you know, not so mad. But, uh, you know, it's all in good, good fun, so to speak, you know. All right, so that's one story. But how do Auburn fans feel about it? We talked to one of the school's biggest and most public supporters to find out, War Bloggle. I honestly have no clue where it came from. I mean, maybe they just think we're this agricultural, 
dumb hick farmer kind of thing and all we can do is sit here and, and pick our nose if it really meant something and we had a reason to be bothered by it i think it would bother us a little bit but you know it's like it's kind of like gump i mean when i hear gump you always think of montgomery because that's just what we call montgomery and i think that's just kind of like and i honestly think alabama fans came up with gump it's kind of what the uh i don't know what the the people who went to alabama call what they think are the redneck versions of, of alabama fans because there's nothing really for us to connect this to i mean it's not like they're making fun of us for liking trees they're making fun of us for any other traditional real thing. Thanks to Hannah Brown, Sonny Schroyer, Bob Weatherly, and Warbloggle. Join us as we continue our deep dive into Alabama football's fascinating fan culture. Additional audio from CBS, Paramount Pictures, and ABC. Bammers is produced and hosted by Ben Flanagan for AL.com. You can find all episodes and other bonus content on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please rate and review on Apple or wherever you download your podcasts. Tired of dress socks that won't stay up? No shows that slip in your loafer? Dead Soxy has applied its patent-pending technology to ensure you don't have to experience either of those issues. You really need to experience the difference a quality sock makes. Visit deadsoxy.com. That's D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. And enter the code BAMMERS at checkout to receive 25% off all orders.